Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Democracy-ish. I am Danielle Moody. And I am Wajah Ali. And we are back again, Waj, on the carousel of Republican foolishness, where on one hand, they want to be the party of family values, the party of, of children first, the yes. party that cares so much about babies that they're willing Right. To let the mothers die, that they're willing to let all types of things happen. And then we realize just recently in your piece that you wrote this week for the Daily Beast, their new motto, which I think makes sense. They have gone from pro-life to what was pro-death, pro-death and <laughs> oh, yeah. fuck, fuck them, them kids. kids. Yeah, that's I, that's I wrote that in, the, in my Daily Beast article. We're at the fuck them kids portion of the pandemic. And then my editor is like, maybe we could change that up. I'm like, sure, change it up. Like They're not into kids anymore. I'm like, sure. But I, I feel like we now that we're talking about this week where Democratic governors mm-hmm. are somehow ignoring the fact that 61,000 Americans died in January. That just last week it was about 20, even now, about 2,000, 2,500 Americans are dying per day of pen of the pandemic uh that they're over it and they're removing mask uh protections from school and removing it pretty much from indoor dining and you think okay well maybe they're responding to the majority let's look at the polls nope the polls overwhelmingly majority people said have some protections have the same protections or have more protections it's only about 20 to 25 percent that want to get rid of all of it but as usual and I argue this, and you can disagree with me, mm-hmm. Democrats bend the knee mm-hmm. to bad faith Republicans, an increasingly extremist minority, and their attack talking points right before the midterms. They overcorrect, and now they are not listening to the science. I know the CDC has been hit and miss, but the CDC director has said, now is not the time to remove masks. Mm-hmm. I think you only need to look at the numbers. See with your eyes, people. People are dying. And now our kids are canaries in the coal mine. So some Democrats can get popularity numbers, and of course, the Republicans can fuel their culture war and have white power. But they're still pro-life, Danielle. They're so pro-life. But, you know, I thought that the wonderful thing about your piece 
is you actually said to Democrats, here are some questions that you can actually ask, right? That's right. For, of Republicans. Like, why don't we do something crazy, which is put them on the defensive for That's a change right. instead of consistently reacting to their bad behavior? So you said, you know, why don't we say, why don't you care about kids? Why, why, why do you want to play Russian roulette? With the health of our kids, sure. The CDC says that, you know, it is unlikely that death can be caused or serious industry in, injury. But what do we what do we know about long COVID? We mm. just learned this past week that it causes heart disease. That a there minor are case of COVID. A minor a case minor, of COVID. A can minor case of COVID can cause heart disease, right? Which we know is a leading killer in a lot of communities, right? We know that people who were once very physically active, at least friends that I have had, people that have shared, my friends shared also. their recovery on Twitter, are still finding it difficult to do minor things like walk up a couple of flights of stairs, right? Um, and so why is it that Republicans are willing to do this kind of gamble on your kid's life off of what? Their assumption that nothing is going to happen to your kid. But do you want to be the parent of the one in four, the one in five, that something does happen? Well, and, and why don't they ask them, how many kids uh, are you willing to sacrifice for your freedoms? Mm -hmm. So whose kids are you willing to sacrifice? Yep. What's the number, right? Are you okay with X amount dead? Like, they don't ask these questions. Like, if I was a Republican and Democrat did this, I just imagine writing their talking points. They could go to town on Democrats. They can just destroy them. Look at these Democrats who don't care about our family values and security and our children's health. They're killers. They're baby killers. Look at them removing masks and vaccine mandates during a pandemic that has killed 61,000 Americans in the past month. Look at the fact that they ignore long COVID. Look at the fact that the hospitalization rates at the peak of Omicron beat the hospitalization rates of children at the peak mm -hmm. of Delta. Look at the fact that we don't have vaccines under the age for, for children under the age of five. Look at the fact that the CDC just said that we might need a fourth shot because the booster uh, efficacy wanes, right? Which yeah, is why Israel is now giving months. the fourth. Yeah. And, and look at breakthrough cases. And, and the fact there's third of this country is unvaccinated. And that's those same dumbasses don't wear masks for the most part. And children under the age of five aren't vaccinated. Yes, they might not die, but they can then transmit the virus to those who are immunosuppressed or the elders or lead to breakthrough cases or infect the unvaccinated. Why are you so pro-death? And yet I, they don't do any of that. I don't. And, and, and here's the thing, because your, your piece in the Daily Beast hits the nail right on the head, that Democrats are not asking the right questions. As a matter of fact, they're not asking any questions at all. And I have to tell you that I am deeply, deeply disappointed by the Democratic governors who I thought mm. were actually holding strong this entire time. Because here's the thing. I don't know what everybody else is paying attention to in terms of the patterns of this virus, but what we know is that a new variant, one that is usually stronger, spreads faster than the previous variant, is only about six or seven months apart in terms of timing. Yeah. So when the CDC is saying to these Democratic governors, now is not the time, it is because they have their eyes on the summer. That's yeah. when we saw Delta and we saw Omicron for the first time. Omicron did not make its way to the United States until the fall, but we were hearing reports about Omicron everywhere else. Happened pretty damn quick, though. It happened pretty damn quick. And so my feeling is, 
Why would you want to go back to this false sense of normalcy, yeah. right? Why alleviating mass mandates or doing what Youngkin is doing in your state of Virginia, which is just making it so that even if you decide that you want your child to be protected, that if they show up to school in a mask, they're going to be sent home. Yeah, banning mask mandates. He's one vote away, and it's going to happen from the Virginia Senate changing the amendment to ban mask mandates. So that's probably going to go down like in, in a week. And then North Carolina is doing the same thing, following the footsteps of Abbott and DeSantis in the death graveyards known as Texas and Florida. And now we have Democrats who are like, well, you know, in New Jersey and in New York and D.C., we're in Illinois, who are just ignoring the science, ignoring the polls. I showed the polls in the piece. I'm like, what data are you looking at? And saying, well, listen, we, we have to get back to normal. What normal? It's a pandemic. I get it that you're over COVID. We're all over COVID. What sociopath isn't over COVID? Name me one person who's like, you know what I need more in my life? COVID. More COVID. Yeah, everyone's over COVID. Listen, I understand more so than most. I got three kids. Two of them are being virtual schooled. Why? Because my five-year-old daughter is immunosuppressed. She's a cancer survivor. I've been in lockdown for three years, eight months before pandemic because of my daughter's cancer. She's a stage four cancer survivor, full liver transplant. My seven-year-old son, sweet, empathetic boy, has chosen. We talked to him about it. He, he realizes he has to do virtual school. Why can't he go to school, Danielle? Because kids under the five aren't vaccinated. And God forbid, if he goes, he might right. pick it up. He might be a breakthrough yep. craze. He comes home. He gives it to my daughter. And so Ed Young today in The Atlantic wrote a piece that I wish more people would have uh, written talking about this is why you vaccinate. This is the impact and effect on those who are immunosuppressed. And he talked to immunosuppressed people, people who have cancer, people who are elders, like millions of fellow Americans who are baffled as to why our fellow Americans cannot do the bare minimum during a once-in-a-lifetime pandemic to help other people. And this is the bare minimum, Daniel. Number one, mm -hmm. get vaccinated mm -hmm. to avoid long-term death. Mm -hmm. Long-term death. Long-term <laughs> death. Like, it's a, when you die, you just dead. <laughs> there yeah. is no second or third term of it. Death. Sorry. Death and long-term illness. <laughs> Number two, uh, uh, long-term death, short-term death, just death. Just avoid death. death. Yeah, avoid yeah. it. And then number two, masks to avoid the spread of this airborne virus. And then number three, just giving a shit. Just <laughs> giving a shit about fellow Americans. That is literally, I mean, I said this on Joy Reid's show. I'm not asking you to storm the beaches of Normandy. It's not like World War II where we have to ration our food. No one's asking you to give up a pinky. It's not Sophie's choice that you have to give up one kid. You just got to vaccinate. Once in a while, wear a mask and give a shit. You know, and, and, yet, and, and, and yet a significant minority of this country says, nah, I'm over it. But you know what? And, and I love the fact that you say a significant minority, because the way that mainstream news covers it, it doesn't feel like a minority. It feels yeah. like everybody is against mask mandates. And, you know, this this today. Right. I was listening to um, to another podcast, uh, to The New York Times Daily to get up to speed mm. as to what has been happening in Ottawa, Canada. Right. Canada. The, eh? and, uh, and Ottawa, which. Canadians, not myself, I'm using your own words, have said that Ottawa is probably one of the most boring cities in all of Canada, right? <laughs> not so much right now, as they have truckers that are sprung about. They have been doing a tailgate anti-vaccination mm. anti uh, party protest for over two weeks now. That, three weeks. Though, of three weeks now. And so, you know, listening 
to some of these people. They didn't all sound crazy. I, I will say that, that, you know, unlike the, the right wingers that are fueled by white supremacy here, there were mm. some that were interviewed who had a range of careers. Some people were out there who weren't, many were out there that are not truckers. They were like beekeepers and yoga instructors. And the, they guy, have, the, guy, who's, uh, the yeah. guy whose yoga clinic shut down the during the guys pandemic. Who, and talking about the fact that he lost his home, he lost his mm. business. And so he's just out there wanting to be in community with yeah. people who have who are aggrieved, right? Who have lost, not even just like lost loved ones, but lost their livelihood. And I'm mm -hmm. thinking to myself, this is something that we can understand, right? Like it's devastating. But when you take that and you say that your pain and grief and suffering should be paid attention to more, should be right. anointed in some type of way, and then disregard the pain and suffering of those people that are happening around you, this is where I say empathy, it does not require an Amazon purchase. It does not require you to spend any money. It requires you to give a shit about other people outside of yourself. And in a country where we have, I mean, I, what, what is it? One in two uh, wash of people who have, know somebody who has been diagnosed with cancer. I mean, cancer is something that is very pervasive, mm. right? And so every single one of those people are at risk. And you but know those people, they're in your family. So you're saying to yourself, fuck it, no vaccine, <laughs> no mask. I don't really care about Aunt Susie anyway. From the New Yorker staff writer Vincent Cunningham, a keenly observed novel of a young black man searching for his place in the world amidst a moment of historic change. Great Expectations is about David's 18 months working for the senator's presidential campaign. Along the way, David meets a myriad of people who raise a set of questions, questions of history, art, race, religion, and fatherhood that forced David to look at his own life anew and come to terms with his identity as a young black man and father in America. Inspired by the author's experiences working on Obama's 2008 presidential campaign, Cunningham uses a political campaign as his narrative backbone. Great Expectations will be one of the talked about novels of the year, Colin McCann. Great Expectations is available wherever books are sold. Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from Mac Blue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. This show is part of the Pro-Democracy Podcast Coalition. The midterms are coming and it's more important than ever that we protect and fix our elections. We all know that our government is broken. Politicians spend more time working for themselves, their big donors, and their political party instead of for us. We as Americans have had enough of the corruption, partisan bickering, and gridlock. Look, I get that all the nonsense makes you want to tune out, but I'm here to tell you there's reason for hope. Our political system is broken now, but we can fix it. That's why we've partnered 
forward with Represent Us, a nonpartisan grassroots organization that has helped notch more than 160 victories to improve our elections and give power back to the voters where it belongs. Right now, until November, there are many, many ways you can get involved. Represent Us is working in cities and states to pass good government policies like ranked choice voting. And they're also recruiting folks to help staff the polls. Let's protect our elections now and for generations to come. Visit represent.us slash pod to learn more. That's represent.us slash pod. That's how I would frame it. First of all, it was, and, and let's take it back to 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, Donald Trump, the president, according to the Bob Woodward tapes that he didn't release for some strange reason because he wanted books. to sell books. And just like Maggie Haberman and all these other individuals who need to really, I think, reinvestigate what a journalist should be doing in this day and age, but I digress. Mm -hmm. In those tapes, Donald Trump admits that he knew and his administration knew how deadly this pandemic was. Yep. He deliberately downplayed it. He said, I want to open up by April, open up by spring, because he was worried the pandemic would bring down his presidency. He was correct. And so even though he knew, and even though this mother effort got COVID and then spread it, like to everyone possible, right? He was like Patient a massive zero. COVID spreader. Yeah. He he said, open up, open up, open up. And at that time, I did not forget this. If you remember, Republicans were saying, well, fuck grandma and grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> the, we will reward the greatest generation by sending them to their grave because we want herd immunity. And we are going to politicize a pandemic, which according to that same daily uh, episode uh, that talks about the mm-hmm. Ottawa truckers protest, which most of them aren't truckers and nope. most of them aren't from Ottawa. Yep. Uh, Canada, for the most part, has not politicized the pandemic. So even the conservatives in Canada, the conservative party is like, yeah, we're fine with these uh, safety protections. Right. But in America, from the get go, they they politicize the most basic precautions, social distancing, vaccines and and even um, masks to the point now where. A third of Americans aren't vaccinated. It's like the lowest number. Only Russia beats us. So we're not number one. Russia still beat us here. Damn it. And <laughs> damn it. Almost there. And then uh, an overwhelming majority of these people, three times as many Republicans are as unvaccinated uh, as the, the rest of us. Right. So that was 2020. And so now you fast forward to two years and they're like, hmm, we have an upcoming midterm election. What should we do? What can mm. we do to galvanize our base? Schools. It's always worked. Whenever darkies come to white schools, that was always the basis of the culture war. In fact, it wasn't abortion. It wasn't a women's rights. It was always desegregation. It always goes back to schools. So let's do CRT, a bad faith manufactured boogeyman. And then through school choice and parents' choice, let's introduce mask mandates and vaccine mandates. At the same time, let's hit Democrats that they're not pro-life. And let us now Fuck them kids and talk about individual liberties. But as we talk about liberties and freedoms, let's ban CRT and books. Let's literally give Democrats all the amazing ammunition they have to friggin destroy us as a pro-death hypocrites who are completely against the kids, completely against the elderly, completely against immunosuppressed folks, and are literally banning our freedoms by trying to overturn an election, which they now call a legitimate protest by ordinary citizens. That just happened last week. Everyone forgot. And mm-hmm. by the way, let them go against the mask mandates and vaccine mandates. But because in bad faith, they are saying that we closed down America and we're so terrified of our own shadow, which is black. <laughs> we, are go- <laughs> we are going to concede to them during a pandemic and go against masks and take the blame for 
shutting down America, even though America's not shut down. I just came back from New York, run by the Gazpacho State. I went on a subway. Oh my god! I, and I recorded this soup a podcast. Is delicious. Yeah, yeah. I had I had a, I had a coffee and I came back. I, I don't know about you, Daniel. You're in New York, uh, I, I, run by know, these tyrants. I, I I walk down the street. I have eaten at restaurants. I take the subway. Uh, New York doesn't seem closed down to me. Right. And, you know, here, here's the thing about all of the things that you listed out, the gifts that Republicans have literally given to Democrats. And mm. still Democrats are sitting there with this big gift and they're like, should we open it? Maybe we should just <laughs> maybe we should just wait. You know, maybe we should just wait until 2024 where we can come up with a good response to we don't want our white children to feel discomfort about their white ancestors and how they have used their power and their privilege to oppress and marginalize and invisibilize entire communities. Let us not have that conversation. We are so concerned about kids that we think that the biggest threat to them is Toni Morrison and not a virus that killed 60,000 people last week and still yeah. continues, as you said to kill 2,000 a day. You know, I was listening to two parents because this is, of course, you know, what mainstream media does. I was listening to two parents on both sides. Were they sides average of- parents? Were average, they average which parents? means that they were white, yes. <laughs> yeah. So they were average parents in an average community, white, okay. white, white, um, yes. the white is silent. And you had one parent, uh, a, a white mother who was uh, against, the, uh, against the, the mask mandates. And then you had another one that said, my son is immuno is immunocompromised, and mm. when he heard what Youngkin was going to be doing in Virginia, he looked at me with tears in his eyes and said, "Does that mean I'm going to have to stop going to school again?" Mm. Right. And then listening to this pro-virus mother who said, you know, I know that there are other parents that may have kids that have issues, but, you know, those issues have been around and they were dealing with them. So what makes this any different? Well, Karen, since you asked the question, <laughs> what makes this different is that 60,000 people didn't die accidentally last month. Right. That's they right. died because of covid not because of circumstance. And to that, your and I remember, what did you post uh, last week about the cars? About the about oh, well these seatbelts seem to be doing just so great. <laughs> Let's remove them from cars. Yeah, People seem yeah. to have gotten the gist. Yeah, you know, but it's a, it's a selfishness. It's a, there's there's these commonalities and ties to what we're seeing with this extremist movement in Ottawa and what we're seeing with this extremist movement in America that is against the most basic protections against a once in a lifetime pandemic. A deep seated selfishness, which and I said this before on this podcast, which says I don't mind if you die, just die on your lawn. And yep. when you die on your lawn, have your family members please remove the corpse because I don't like seeing it. And yeah. and your 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 dead corpse is really bothering my view. And the stench of your corpse is bothering this this really nice mimosa I just made for myself, right? <laughs> and so and I don't even drink, but I've heard mimosa is very tasty. So <laughs> it's it's like Barry, it's Barry Weiss who said it on Bill Maher's show, like I'm done with COVID. And then Yasha Monko, I debated on uh, Joy Reid uh, last week, who wrote this article in the Atlantic saying, and all the restrictions. And in his piece, he's like, well, we all take risks. There's always risks in life. When you get in a car, there's a risk that might be an accident. You know, when you go out, there's a risk. So let's just open up everything. This same genius last year, and he didn't mention this. I called him out on it because he mentioned his 2020 article where he said, I was for all the restrictions. But now, two years later, we have to get back to normal. When is it going to end? Remove all the restrictions. I reminded him because he carefully didn't say this last year, May 2021, he comes out with an article says, end all the masks. 
And going back to your point, remember that last year there was a movement and all the mass. This is nothing new, ladies and gentlemen. No. Well, God reminded us, God, destiny, chismat, mm-hmm. Tom Cruise, whatever you believe in, <laughs> Delta, Delta happened. And then after Delta happened, they're like, get rid of the mass and protections. Remember that? What happened? Omicron. Omicron happened. This reminds me, this is, let me get biblical for a second. Because <laughs> even if you're not religious, it's just these stories resonate. You ever read the story of Moses, right? Moses comes in and says, listen, I'm, I'm a vice regent of God. I'm a prophet of God. Here's some miracles. I'm going to call out these plagues. These plagues are going to happen. Boom, frogs in the sky. Boom, blood in the water. Boom, firstborn dead. All right, I'm going to help save you all from the Pharaoh. Mm-hmm. Check out the Red Sea. The mother effing Red Sea is parted. Now, we finally gotten some, some, some peace. We're at Mount Sinai. Listen, I got to go talk to God. Just give me a cup. Just be, just be patient. All right. Before you get to like all the origin gold calf worshiping, just, just give me a couple of days. Right. And the, the people are like, sure, sure, Moses, you've delivered us from evil. <laughs> give, we'll give you a couple of days. All right. Moses is like, all right, all right. Can you just imagine Moses coming down the mountain, Mount Sinai with the 10 commandments? It's only been 40 days. He's like, mm-hmm. oh, my people, I got just 40 days. I came back and he just sees us friggin self-destructive hedonism and he, you know you know he's probably thinking what the f right? yeah <laughs> like i asked I, for a couple of days yeah i to just asked save for like, you once I, again i just asked for a few weeks and i was talking to a jewish caller and she was joking she said you know it, it was about expectations he didn't give a number and i felt like it's such <laughs> i can't <laughs> like a, <laughs> i can't you know, he didn't give like, a number yeah, yeah. he's like he didn't give a number and so i'm like that's an interesting perspective but i was like I was like, it just shows you that, like, you know, people are so ungrateful. They're so selfish. They're so hedonistic. They don't give a shit. And they're asking, well, when will we be? When, it's like asking in the middle of World War II. I'm tired of the Nazis. <laughs> I'm over them. Over. Can we just, I'm like, over genocide. go back outside? Can we stop like, hiding in that attic? No, <laughs> because they're trying to kill you. Right. right. Like that was that was evident and clear. Uh, you know, it is you're right. Hedonism is the right word. Hedon is it's the right word. It is the mm. I don't give a fuck. I'm going after my primal urges and that's I don't it. care that's if it. my primal urges get in the way of your safety. There you go. And that's white privilege. And, and that's white privilege. I mean, you know, and, and what I I, I want to go back to your piece, because this week as well. Right. As as we are seeing these governors lose every every bit of their spine, as we are seeing that, you know, apparently we were all following the science until we saw the fine print that said midterms. Right. Mm. Is is this four years ago, four years ago was Parkland. 17 people lost their lives. Yeah. Right. 14 kids, 14, three, school, 14, three, three adults, 14 kids, 14 kids. Three teachers, administrators, right? Mm -hmm. Lost their life. After that, we saw a galvanized youth activism in a way that we had never seen. And the same people, mind you, four years ago, where was Marjorie Taylor Greene? Mm -hmm. Running down David Hogue. That's right. Right? Tormenting a kid who escaped death. Telling her, telling him that she was packing, telling him that he had no business being on Capitol Hill. Now she's a member of Congress. Crisis actor. They call them crisis actors. Mm, kids. And, it, and kids who literally were told, barricade the doors, hide under your desk. Kids that we've said, right, this pro-life party of Republicans. We don't care. We, you and I had to deal with fire drills. 
Now, fire drills are a thing of the past. It is active shooter drills that we yep. expect you to learn not only in high school, like in Parkland, but as young as kindergarten. Because yep, it's, Sandy it's side Hook, by side with fire drills, right? Side by side with fire drills. So we care so much about kids that right. we expect you to either be heroes, right, and throw your own body in front of uh, armed assailants, right? We expect you to be able to army crawl as if you've gone through some type of training, military style mm. training. We expect you to deal with a virus. We expect you to deal with guns. And this is from the party that tells us that they care about family values. Pro-life. And, and how do Democrats, to your point, not use all of this and say, how can you say you care about kids? That's right. And, and also this week, uh, with the fourth uh, year anniversary of Parkland, we also saw finally that the families of the victims yes. of the Sandy Hook shooting got $70 million from Remington, the gun manufacturer. And let's not forget that, I look, I knew that this country doesn't give a shit about kids yep. after Sandy Hook. That day. Because, yeah, look, Australia, which is different from America, yes, but once they had a, a massacre, immediately that country is like, don't, we're done. Like, we're done with assault rifles. Here's gun control. Over. And you saw that when you remove these weapons of death and you remove these, you know, high round magazines, oh, surprisingly, less people die. What Sandy Hook shows you that this country just didn't care. Kids were massacred. Kids. And that Sandy Hook massacre then became a conspiracy theory promoted by Alex Jones talking about crisis actors. Right. And remember, uh, just a few weeks ago, Tucker Carlson had Alex Jones on his show promoting him. And Alex Jones finally got deplatformed based off of these lies, one of many lies, right? So this country that turns victims, kids, into villains and crisis actors, right? This country that allows almost weekly mass shootings against our children, just for the just so the Lauren Bubarts and Marjorie Taylor Greene can cosplay as these white, like, you know, Valkyries, and these extremists can have their gun fetish. What does that tell you about a country? And what does it tell you about the conservative movement? You know, it... <laughs> I said this the other day, and, and, and I, I understand that there are countries and there are people and communities that are fleeing absolute horrific violence, certain death, drug cartels, all of these things. But some days I look around and I'm like, why would anybody want to come to America? Right? Like what you're facing, and I, and I mean those that are doing so through treacherous conditions, but I don't even know if you are a tourist. America sure as hell wouldn't be on my top 10 list if I didn't live here. It is violent. It is dangerous, right? Like we're telling people, oh, come visit us. Meanwhile, you could get shot up in a movie theater. You could get shot up going to the grocery store. Oh, you want to come and pray at your synagogue, at your mosque, at your church? You can get shot up there. Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change a brand new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Right? Like, oh, kids are, you know, we have an exchange program. I wouldn't send any kid on an exchange program to the United States. You're playing, playing Russian roulette, literally. This country is dangerous. And the love affair between guns and white supremacy is our undoing. And yeah. yet they don't, yeah. they don't see, they don't see just how ridiculous it is for you to be able to say that Republicans care about families when they vote against families every opportunity that they have, whether it be a child tax credit or maternity leave, right? Or parental yeah. leave, right? Or masks for your children or vaccines. Like they don't care. So how is it that Democrats still can't message that and just tell the Be truth? Yeah, it's because we're afraid of our own shadow. Uh, we're terrible at proactive messaging. We cave to Republican bad faith messaging and attacks. You don't articulate your own position. You run away from the word progressive. You've never seen a conservative run away from the word conservative. They embrace it. And you don't launch a counterattack, right? Like, I feel like this week in particular— while they are attacking mask mandates and vaccine mandates, while we're seeing these uh, ins insane nutty truckers, right, who are not truckers, who we know are no. funded in part by right-wing movements, both in America and Europe, tied to the Republican Party and conservative movement, where many of their leaders are far-right white nationalists, where they for three weeks have disrupted the supply chain. This is the irony. We are really pissed off about lockdowns, so we're going to lock down the economy. We're really <laughs> pissed off about supply chain, so we're going to F up the supply chain. We are literally going to F up the economy and F up supplies and goods and movement and national security, but we tolerate it. So why do we tolerate it? Why do we tolerate them overtaking the capital? Why do we tolerate them killing our kids? Because this extremist minority is mostly white. Mm -hmm. And it's mostly white Christian men. And mm -hmm. there's a great study that came out recently that talked about the role of uh, Christian nationalism in the January 6th um, uh, insurrection. And I just want to I just want to read some quotes here, please, uh, which is stunning. This is from this report that came out Christian nationalism in the January 6th insurrection, 60 pages and drawing on the work of a number of academics, journalists and researchers came out last week. I feel like it should be like mainstream news, like no one's talking about it. Quote. Christian nationalist support for January 6th rioters has doubled in the past year, while support for prosecuting those rioters has declined by 20%. That, suggest, that suggests, said one of the co-authors, that, quote, this ideology is powerfully connected to a reinterpretation of these events, a powerful motivator of future potential violence. Mm -mm. Two-thirds of white Americans who strongly support Christian nationalist ideology believe that the 2020 election was rigged. 40% of them think that violence from patriotic Americans might be necessary to save the country. And more than 40% are convinced that Democrats are engaged in, quote, elite child trafficking. Last thing I'll say. Two factors. This is from a, a New York Times, uh, mm -hmm. a really good New York Times piece done uh, by Thomas Edsel. Uh, and it's titled, There's a Reason Why uh, Trump Loves the Truckers. He writes this. Two factors work to lower the likelihood of hate group formation. They write, a higher stock of social capital is associated with fewer hate groups. 
a greater share of mainline Protestant adherence is associated with fewer hate groups. However, the opposite, Daniel, is true for evangelical Protestant adherence. Quote, for every 10% additional evangelicals in a county, the number of hate groups in that county increases by 17%. Wow. How come no one's talking about this? Wow. So, okay. Let's unpack for a moment. Please. So what this, what that last quote just said is that the more evangelical Christians in a community, the more likely that there will be an increase in hate crimes. Yep. And we know that the base of Donald Trump and the Republicans is white evangelical Christians. And we know now that white evangelical Christians more so are doing a gaslighting about January 6th. We know that they think they believe in all the they believe in the conspiracy theories, not all of them, ladies and gentlemen, but a significant amount. Uh, They're the part and parcel of the right wing movement. Uh, it helped fuel the January 6th violent insurrection. And also last week, I have to bring this up. We're talking about Ottawa. We're talking about extremists who removed the mask. Let's let's just remind people because we've already forgotten and Democrats have already dropped the ball that the RNC. The Republican National Committee, mm-hmm. not some fringe movement, nope. the RNC, proactively decided to censure Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger, Republicans, for trying to get at the bottom of the January 6th violent insurrection. And they said the violent insurrection was, in fact, a legitimate political form of political discourse, discourse done by, quote, ordinary citizens. The truckers who have caused havoc are heroes and patriots the people attacking mask mandates and vaccine mandates are pro-life americans the people who are trying to ban our histories and our stories are people who allegedly care about children and our first amendment warriors it's all upside down it's all projection it's all white fragility it's the death rattle of white supremacy it's gifts for the democratic party to message on and yet we are hijacked the majority is hijacked by this pro-death movement i feel and like it just Drives me nuts. You know, Waj, though, I feel like they're not hijacked by the pro-death movement. They're hijacked by their own inadequacy, right? Mm. Because there's only so much blame. Here, the thing that is wonderful about Republicans is that they're just telling you who they are. They're telling you who they are, who matters, and who doesn't, and what they are willing to sacrifice, right, in order to ensure and to enshrine their power for decades to come. And so- If you, as a Democrat, as a part of leadership, are deciding not to act in response to that, not to Mm. shift or take back the narrative, not to offer up to this pro-life, quote-unquote, party that they are actually pro-death, to offer up to these white evangelical Christians that, no, this is not—you are not God-loving, right? You Mm. are actually hate-mongers that are using the Bible as your way to degrade, discriminate, and suppress other people, as you always have. These are the same groups of people. That's the key part right there that you always have. That's the key part. That's the key part. The people who owned slaves, who were the biggest proponents of Jim Crow, who were they? They were the ones that were going to church on Sunday and beating the shit out of their enslaved people, right? When they got home and using the Bible as their justification for violence. So how is it that we don't interrogate these truths? Right. Because it would hold up a mirror washed to their faces and they don't want to well, look. Well, that's exactly it. Right. I mean, and, you know, Robert George wrote a really good book. Uh, he comes from the white Christian tradition about white too long. And he, he kind of uh, connects the dots and talks about how we have to name it. We have to acknowledge it, that the, the roots of white supremacy are tied 
to a white Christian nationalism. Uh, you know, this white Christian supremacy. Dylan Roof was a white Christian supremacist terrorist. Yeah. They often leave that part out. That motivated his ideology of hate. Um, and we don't want to confront these demons. We don't want to name it. We don't want to acknowledge it because, like you said, it makes some people uncomfortable. So instead, what we do, ban the history. Yeah. Like you know, under under like if you really think about it, we joke about this. But if CRT was to take if these quote unquote manufactured threat against the CRT, right, which is not taught in public schools, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. But if you take it to its logical conclusion, you have to erase Black History Month. Oh, they will. Don't don't no, that's don't, what I'm don't but 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 it's coming right because what is going to happen is that Black History Month, uh, uh, His, Hispanic Heritage Month, uh, Women's History Month. Well, they're going to come for all of that. It makes people feel uncomfortable, right? That's right. Why should we? You know, we're teaching all of this anyway. Why do we have to have this separate month? And they will look at it and frame it as if it go. is some type of uh, a progressive segregation. Right? Oh, wh- we're, we're, our kids are learning this anyway. Why, why does the bulletin board need to highlight particular Black people and particular uh, Latinx people? No, we don't need that. It's all coming. And the thing that people need to see is that it's been coming for decades. Mm. They've shown their hand this entire time. But without anybody stopping them, they're going to run roughshod over the country. And, and if you think me and Daniel are nutty, let me just give you some examples about that um, and why, you know, this framing, this both sides framing, the common man, the salt of the earth, the rust belt, the economic Ugh. anxiety is all just failure, failure of institutions and our media colleagues to call it out for what it is because it makes them uncomfortable. And we get hijacked by the rage and the anxiety of a extremist minority, right? Loudoun County, one of the wealthiest counties in Virginia. The, the 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 starting ground of the CRT uh, manufactured fear. Wealthy county, rich white parents, mm-hmm. one of the last counties to desegregate in America. That's where it started. Most of the folks who came to the January 6th violent insurrection, white folks, white Christian nationalists, MAGA supporters, not poor folks, middle class, upper middle class folks, right? These Ottawa truckers, most of them aren't truckers. Nope. Many of them don't live in Ottawa, right? Nope. So, but using it and abusing it for their white Christian nationalism, I'm going to just call it for what it is. Most of them, not all of them, white Christian nationalism, and perfectly fine, uh, completely subverting our order, our security, our comfort for their comfort, right? And you look at those three examples of a CRT, you look at, at the mask mandate bans and the vaccine bans, you look at January 6th and look at Ottawa, it's a trend. The majority has to be hijacked by the anger and the anxiety of the white minority, who then projects onto all of us everything Mm -hmm. that they're doing. And what they want us to do is to bend the knee to them. We will allow you to stay in this country as long as you stay quiet. You know your place. You're grateful that we give you a room in the house. If you are not grateful, go back to where you came from. And as long as my needs are met first and my anxieties are tended to first, then maybe we'll talk about your anxiety. That's all it is. It's white supremacy. I mean, it, it is white supremacy in a nutshell that you laid out. And the question, folks, that we're, that we're asking here is when is white extremism going to be enough? How much more are we willing to see? Are we willing to take and not do anything about it? You cannot, as Baldwin said, you cannot change things that you refuse to face. And mm. now we're in a situation where there is a mass gaslight that is happening in this country. 
and we're trying to ban our way to neutrality. And what we can't ban, we will gaslight and tell you that it's natural political discourse to shit in the halls of our democracy, that that should be the norm. That's where we are headed. Sadly, that's literally they shit in the halls of our democracy. Well, that's what it is, right? If I want to shit in the halls of democracy, I can. That's That's my my liberty. That's my freedom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but if you if you do it, darky or a woman or a gay or a refugee, then you better know our rules. You better be civilized, you savage. How dare you? And we will sedate you, lock you up, right until you learn how to follow the rules that we've created solely for you that's the double standards but the you know the good news here and i think the reason why we get frustrated is we have the majority even like the mask uh mandates the vaccine mandates the majority is for it right the people against the truckers look at Can- canadian polls like this, these are fringe extremists we're tired of these folks look at even january 6th right but because we have catered to white anxiety for so long and because unfortunately we're saddled with the Democratic Party that is too slow to evolve and recognize its own base, the rest of us have to do the work. And the rest of us mm-hmm. have to, like, especially in school boards, I know we keep mentioning this on this podcast again and again and again, a zealous extremist minority hogs up the microphones. But there's more of us. We just have to show up. We just have to show up. Thank you, friends, for listening to Democracy-ish. I'm Danielle Moody. I'm Mujahat Ali. And we will be back next week, well, if we're not banned first.